chapter 2. We're sorry that last week the sound did not work, but we got it this morning. Hallelujah. And so shall it ever be. Amen. I want to minister to you this morning on a subject that's dear to me about what faith believes. I think that we need to be like Coach Bryant was when he would every once in a while come into the locker room, they say, and he would hold up a football and say, we're going to do basics. This is a football. Instead of just saying, you know, the right end goes this way and the left tackle goes that way. He said, let's get back to basics. And we always need to get back to basics about what faith believes. Now, for sure, teaching on faith does not give you faith. It's just a, it's just a primer on, on, on the mechanics of it. So let's go over some things this morning and just refresh and, and uh, restore our mode of living, how we live. The Bible says the just shall live by faith. And so that's, that's who we are. We're the justified. We're the righteous in the Lord Jesus. So we live by faith. And anything different than that is contrary to the kingdom and contrary to who we are. Who we are, our identity, absolutely is the full sum of what we can have and what we can do. When we sang that song just now, that is who you are. Waymaker, miracle worker, promise keeper, light in the darkness. That, that, that does not describe what the Lord can do or what he has. It describes who he is. And then by who he is, his identity, we know what we have and what we can do. We call when, when the pipes are wonky, we call a plumber. We don't ask him, can you, can you fix this stuff? We know that that's who he is and he can come and plumb. And so that's the same thing with you and me. We have to, we can't just say, I don't know if it's God's will for me to heal. You can't know that, what you can have and what you can do until you first know who you are, who you are. Been redeemed from sickness and disease and poverty and lack. Been redeemed from it. The righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. So based on who I am, I know my parameters, my jurisdiction of what I have and what I can do. So our faith is powerful. At the new birth, you and I got the, the God kind of faith. And we'll look at that in Mark, but we got the God kind of faith. It was put in us. It was part of the package of the new birth. It's so much more than just saying, well, I got born again, so now I'm going to heaven. And then there's a long pause after that. Well, what else? Well, I don't know, but I know I'm going to heaven. Well, even going to heaven is not based on something that we did. It's based on who we are. We're the righteousness of God. That's, where the he that's where what heaven has is the righteous. Sinners can't go there because of who they are. They're not righteous. And so they can't go because heaven's perfect and God doesn't, like anybody messing it up up there. It won't be heaven if a sinner's up there. So in Galatians chapter 2, isn't it good to hear the word again? Hallelujah. Uh, Paul told the church at Galatia, he says, I am crucified with Christ. Now right there in that statement, he's using an analogy, a, a, a simile, that you would say that when Jesus was on the cross, that Paul said he was on the front side and I was on the back side. I was crucified with Christ. And so I'm dead. I, I, Jesus died and I died with him. But then he brings that to bear. He said, but Christ liveth in, excuse me, nevertheless I live. So I was crucified, but I live. So there's a duality of living. There's two kinds of living. 
You die to yourself. You die in your identity of self. As soon as you say, Jesus, come into my life and I make you Lord, then you identify with him and everything is changed. That is the premise on the new birth is when you when you identify, you leave your identity of who I am. My name, my parents, my children, I, you leave who you are and you you take on a new identity. You say, I am in him and he is in me. Before that, I was in me and I was in me. And it was me. It was all about me. And I could only have what me could do. And I could only be what me could be. But he said, I was crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live. Then he goes deeper. He says, yet, yet it's not I that live. But Christ liveth in me. Christ liveth within me. Let's say it together. Christ liveth in me. Now that's who we are. It's not a lifestyle. It's not what we can, what the uh, praying and saying, Lord, would you do this for me? Or would you help me with that? Or would you give me this? That's not, that's not how we approach him. We, we approach him that I'm in him and he's in me. It's the same. We're not, we're not two spirits in here. He who is joined with the Lord is one spirit. So we are, we are identified with him. And then he says, and therefore, it doesn't say that, but that's what this means. He explains what, the, the, what has happened, what, how it is. And then he says, and the life which I now, now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God. So the life I live, the life here on earth, the life that's going on right now, every day, I live by the faith of Son of God. So what happened in this testimony we just had, both of them, it, it didn't happen that day. It wasn't like I prayed and the car was coming and I prayed and we interceded a while and we called Uncle Jack and he said, I'll agree with you. No, it, it happened before that. It not happened on what you did. It happened because of who you are. And it, it'll never be different than that. So it's not just are you good? And that's what the Christian world, that's what the world world says, is uh, you'll, you'll see something that'll happen to somebody. Uh, maybe a, a soldier overseas or someone that was in a wreck or somebody that died of a disease. And, and they'll always, invariably, they'll, they'll say, and they were a good person and they had lived their life and they had two good kids and they, they were helping the community. As if that makes you different or apart at, at any realm. Like that it, the, the, the idea there is it's not fair that they should die because they were a good person. And if you'll start looking for that, you'll see that's how everyone thinks practically is that it's not fair because they weren't a bad person. This would have been fair if they'd been a drug dealer for them to die and for them to lose their children. But it's not fair because they were good Christian people that helped and they always had a smile and you'll read the obits and it'll just go on and on. And the, the disappointment is, is they didn't deserve to die young or younger, but it has nothing to do with anything. Life is unfair. Jesus makes it fair, but it is unfair without him. So he says, the life I live, excuse me, I live by the faith of the son of God who loved me and gave himself for me, gave himself for me. So he identified with me, with my sin, on the cross. 
so that I could identify with him in his righteousness on the cross. There was a supernatural exchange and he became what I was. My sin was laid upon him so that his righteousness could come into me, come into us. So there was a there was a supernatural exchange, a substitution. He was sinless so that he could give us his righteousness and we could do nothing about our sin. But he took it and became that sin so we would be identified as the righteousness of God in him. And it's a marvelous thing. And it's so simple. You could just mess it up with religion. You could just confuse this a lot. Turn with me, if you would, to Romans chapter 10. What faith believes? Romans chapter 10. So glad you're here this morning. Look in verse 17. Now, there's a faith discourse going on here in chapter 10. Verse 9 talks about if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus. So there's, he's talking about faith here. In verse 17, he, he is winding it up a certain amount because of the word so. So means I said all that to say this. If you believe that, you should believe this. He said, so then faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. More than what that's saying about how faith cometh is about how faith does not cometh. He says it comes by hearing the word of God, not by hearing about good stories. Well, Abraham and he went up the mountain and he took Isaac. That's that's not that's not how you get faith is just learning about Bible stories. You learn or you gather or you you put on faith by hearing the word. And, you know, the word there cometh. We all know this is in italics. That word is not defined in the original. So it could be. It could be changed. It could be better translated. And we know it should be because faith does not originate by hearing the word. It originates at the new birth. The faith of God. We just read it in Galatians. The, the life I now live, I live by the faith of the son of God. We are we have a deposit, a seed, as it were, of the God kind of faith that's put in us at the new birth so that everything's impossible is possible. We know little children, uh, newborns. They have however, however many bones we all have, 200, 300, whatever. They have all those bones in miniature. They have every muscle we have. They have every. They have every uh, every uh, aptitude to hear, to see, to smell. They are complete, completely, but they are undeveloped. Well, at the new birth, we were made complete with the faith of the Son of God. It was deposited in us, but it's immature. It's undeveloped. It's, it's not able to do anything, but it is there. And so he said, how do you develop it? How do you mature it? How do you become proficient in operating in the kingdom by faith? He said, faith cometh or hearkens. Our faith hearkens by hearing. It arises by hearing and hearing by the word. It's, uh, I wrote down, it's, uh, it's awakened or it's inspired. Any one of those works would work. And it's close, cometh is close. But if you just get down to the actual part of how it happens, the mechanics, faith did not come by hearing. Faith came by the new birth. But faith is awakened or arises by hearing the word. So if we want to grow in our faith, we have to hear the word of God. Now, faith is just a really funny thing 
especially in the church. Uh, people don't know what faith is. They, they equate it to an emotion. I feel real encouraged. And they call that faith. Or they'll say, I believe. I believe this is going to happen. So it's a speculation. It's a surmising. It's a, it's a projection. I, I really feel good about this. Well, you'll find sinners. They really feel good about certain things. And they really have a kind of a, a, a projection about things. But that's not who we are. And so faith is not a, a good feeling in your soul. Faith is a deposit that's inside of our spirit that we develop or that we awaken by hearing and hearing and hearing the Word of God. So if you don't hear the Word of God, you'll have an undeveloped faith and you'll live your life and you'll go to heaven, but you won't have much life, much different than a sinner. It'll just be the same because everything in the kingdom, everything, without faith, it's impossible to please God. Everything works on faith. So we need to know what faith is. We know faith uh, has several attributes. So you can measure your faith. You can say, I'm in faith. Well, how do you know? Well, faith is at rest. Faith rests. If you're nervous, well, I hope it happens. I hope it goes like I wanted to. I'm believing it will, but I'm not sure. Well, faith is at rest. Faith just settles it and it's done. Uh, uh, faith speaks. Nobody has silent faith. The word comes out of us. Whatever we believe, the abundance of the heart speaks. So if you're in faith, you're going to be saying faith. If you're not in faith, you're going to not hear anything or hear something negative. So that's another attribute. Faith makes plans. If when you're in faith, you say, well, that's settled, that's done. So therefore, let's go on to the next thing. Somebody that's not in faith will say, well, wait, we've got to make sure this is done, tied off and ready, and then we'll make plans. Well, faith is, says, I got it. Let's make plans. Let's, that's, that's done. That's finished. That's in the box. Let's, let's take the next step that would happen or that would be planned based on that being in the box. Once that's settled, we would make these plans. Well, that's settled. Even though in the natural, you might not could verify it. It's done. Amen? So uh, uh, what does faith believe? Let's turn to Mark chapter 11. We're just going over some things that we all know, but it's good to know them again. It's good to paint them on again. Uh, verse 22, the Lord Jesus is fixing to give us an, an amazing lesson in faith. And he does, he does it with people that are not born again. None of these, these disciples or anyone else for that matter is born again because he hasn't gone to the cross but he tells them about faith because these attributes were known in the Old Testament. Abraham had faith. Abraham was in faith. And Sarah eventually got in faith. And then boom, we had Isaac. Hallelujah. When everybody joins up, we, we get things done. Verse 22, Jesus answering saith unto them, have faith in God. And you might have it out in your margin. It, it means other things translated, but it... It, it could mean the God kind of faith. Have the God kind of faith. Because there is a natural faith that says when I turn the light switch up, I have faith that the lights will come on. I believe it. I, nah, you don't know that for sure until you go over there and turn it on. Sure you, sure you do. We've turned on hot water's on the left, cold water's on the right. Everybody knows that. 
It's just like that. You're in faith. Well, it's a, it's not the God kind of faith, but it's a environmental. It's a, uh, a contemporary. It's a it's a faith of the natural realm. So have the God kind of faith. He said, step it up. Take another lick. And then he explains faith, the faith that God has, the faith that God uses, the faith that works every time. And it's the only faith that works every time. This is how the Lord created the earth. This is how and everything. This is how Jesus operated. It's how you and I will operate. And it'll never be different than this. It'll never be more than this, but it'll never be less than this. This is the definitive way to get in and to move mountains with your faith. He said, for verily, truly, I say unto you. So that's very, very adamant that whosoever we looked at that, whosoever, it's the same as John three sixteen. Whosoever believeth in him. It's, a, it's me. It's you. It's all of us. I can get in. I can move the mountain. Wow. You need to go to school or you need to be in it a while or you need to whatever. Children can have the God kind of faith. They, they just don't have anything out there that says this might not work or that might not be how it happens. They, you just tell them this is how it works and they're in. Well, we should be so inclined. He said uh, uh, that whosoever, anybody shall say, the word there is command, unto this mountain. What's a mountain? Well, it's a metaphor there, obviously. He's using to say whatever's in the way. It's, it's in the way. It's in the way of you getting or, or having or, or working whatever that you are setting your faith for. There's an impediment. There's an obstacle. There's a, a limitation. Something says no when you want to say yes. He said that's, that's common. Jesus said in John 16, he said, in the world you'll have tribulation. Be of good cheer. I've overcome the world. There'll be something in the way. It's, the world is cursed. There is nothing in the world that we say as Christians is just right without faith. It's all inferior. It's all less than God has planned. The curse is the anti-promise. It's the anti-promise. It says no when the word says yes. The promises of God are yea and yes and amen. But the curse says no, this this could not go. This might not go your way, and this might go this way. It might go like it went last time. It might go like it usually goes. So the curse in the world is the anti-promise. So how do we access the promise? By faith. We, we take the mountain out of the way. We take the curse. We, we, don't, we don't eliminate the curse, but we supersede the curse. You know, the old story about the airplane. The airplane's got... It's got to have lift, and the only way it can get lift is to, is to get air to go over the foil and to have thrust. But as soon as you turn the motor off, the engine off at 6,000 feet, gravity's still there. It didn't ever leave. You never did. You never dominated. You never eliminated it, but you dominated. But you turn the engine off, and you lose thrust. You lose lift, and you're going to meet the ground pretty soon if you don't get it cranked up or have a good landing. Amen. So that's the way... That's the way the curse is. It's always here, but we get under an umbrella, an umbrella of faith, and we are exempted from it. We have a right to get under the umbrella. We have a right to get into the place where God has said, this is my plan. This is days of heaven on earth. Days of heaven on earth. Faith puts us 
in days of heaven on earth. So he goes on, he said, uh, say into the mountain, command the mountain, call the mountain, and say definitively and specifically, be thou removed and be thou cast into the sea. Well, there's no sea except in this metaphor, the mountain. So we have again, we have to substitute, tell it to go to another place. Tell the mountain to get out of my way. We know sickness can't be eliminated in the earth for all people. It can just be superseded for our life. So we tell it to get out of our life. We tell it to move mountain, trouble, impediment. You move to somewhere else. Like that car moved to somewhere else. Exactly. And the prayer of faith wasn't prayed in that moment, but it had been prayed. And it had been set into motion so that if that situation ever came where a car is coming straight for you, it cannot. It cannot. It is, it is outside of its jurisdiction. And in the natural, it would. And anybody else, it would. But it cannot because of what we have said and commanded and put in place. And shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe those things which he saith, which he saith. Not what God saith, but what he saith shall, 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 absolutely and adamantly, shall come to pass. He shall, very strong word in the Greek, he shall have whatsoever he saith. Well, there we have it. He saith, I saith, you saith. Not what God saith. God, God has given us the script, but we have to read the script, don't we? Well, we saith. So everything has to be changed. Nothing is good on its own. So I can choose. I can choose how fast I want to go, however many mountains I want to move. What I, if I want what's on the other side of the mountain, i got to speak to the mountain. Or i got to spend all day or all my life going around the mountain. But doggone, you get around the mountain, and guess what there is? There's another mountain. So you can't get, out, you can't get anything done without faith. Because there's just more mountains. It's just the nature of the world. A curse is there and it's mountains. So he said, you're going to have to speak to the mountain. The mountain's got to literally go out of your life. And so you got to want what's on the other side of the mountain. Because if you don't want it, you won't speak to it. Or you won't speak to it without doubting in your heart. And so it's, it's up to me. I can go as fast as I want. I can be Faith man or I can be weenie man. I can, any, any, way, any level of life that I want to live in the Lord Jesus, I can just sit down and say, I got born again. I got saved back in 43. And so therefore, I'm going to heaven and I'm satisfied. And most, 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 that's how it is. Just live good. Stay out of trouble. Don't go to jail. Raise your kids. Don't steal nothing. And you'll go to heaven. And you'll live a moderately good life. And that's most of Christianity. And they're pacified by that. They're, they're, they're fine with that. But I'm not. When you read the book, when you read the Word and find out how easy it is to move the mountain, how easy it is to have exponential change in your life, you are motivated to say, I can do this. Why live 60, 80, 100 years on the earth and have nothing? Have the same exact struggles as those that are going to hell. Sinners, not have a better life, even though I'm going to heaven. Why, why not press a little bit and just do this simple thing, which is to believe those things which he saith shall come to pass. He shall have whatsoever he saith. I can do that. 
And I said, there's things we can't do. We cannot move the mountain. Well, I got me a big old bulldozer and we're going to take this mountain out. Well, that's what most people do is struggle against the mountain. But it just goes forever. It's a mountain range. But now we just say, I'm going to speak to the thing because I can do that. I, I know who I am and I have mountain moving faith in me. And if it's not big enough for this mountain, I will just go and get faith awakened by hearing and hearing by the word of God. I'll I'll awaken. I'll inspire. I'll I'll rise up in my faith until I have enough till I have this mountain moving faith in me. And then I will pull the trigger, speak to it, and it'll do what I say. What I believe I say will come to pass. I will have whatever I say. So Jesus is saying this is how it works. And we don't like that. We want something that we can work to be good enough or to go to church or to give. We, we, try, to, we try to get on teacher's good list or whatever people do. You try to try to please him by being good and not being bad. And if, if, if something bad happens to somebody that's good, they say, what, what's this? I, I, I've been good. And these people over here, they're Christians, but they're not good. They throw their beer cans over the fence all the time. And, and look, nothing's happening to them. And so we begin to think it's something to do with our behavior or our, our willingness to be good instead of saying, I got to get in faith because faith will move the mountain and it won't matter what my neighbors are doing. It will work out for them exactly as they work it out. Everybody is living the life of the life of faith they have chosen. Eventually, it will come. Eventually, things will happen that we have no answer for. So um, uh, I wrote down here, bake the cake by the recipe. <laughs> uh, this is the recipe. And he says, do not doubt in your heart. Well, do not doubt in your heart. What does that mean? You got to bake the cake. You got to bake it at 400 for 35 minutes or whatever. You got to put enough sugar in there that anybody will eat the cake and not lie to you and saying this is real good. You, you, you just you got to bake the cake. The recipe is here and it's not hard, but it is specific. It's exact. It's detailed. It's not wordy. If you counted the words here, I would imagine there's not 25 words here, 30. And uh, and so you got the whole key to the whole kingdom in 30 words. I can do that. I mean, I'm not the sharpest knife in the drawer, but I got that much. I can follow these directions and I can figure it out. So believe that, excuse me, believe that those things which you say shall come to pass. That's a conviction. When you do not doubt in your heart, but you believe those things which you say shall come to pass, it's called conviction. Now, the church is real mucky, mushy on conviction. Close enough is close enough is what most of the church says. I believe and they believe they I believe in healing. I believe in God prospering. I believe in angels. I believe, I believe, I believe. But believing is a conviction. And if it's not a conviction, it's a pre preference. I prefer to be healed. I prefer to have the money for my bills. But a conviction is different. A conviction does not doubt in his heart. But what's the opposite of doubting in your heart? But believe it, those things which he saith shall come to pass. So it comes down to, do I believe me? I, do I believe me? I believe God. 
I mean, I might not do what he said. I might try to slip around the corner, so I don't really believe him. But do I believe me? Well, there's the litmus test. There's the dividing line. If I'm speaking to the mountain, but I don't believe me, then I'm not in faith. I'm in a preference. I prefer for the mountain to move. And what we have in our society right now is everybody's wanting the max for the minimum. I, I want all the benefits of these good people over here. Well, I've been good. I'm teaching Sunday school and I'm going to, you know, I'm, I'm being good. So where's the blessing? How come the mountain doesn't move when I speak to it? Well, it's, it's in the recipe. Does not doubt in his heart, but believeth those things which he saith shall come to pass. That's the recipe. You can't bake this cake for 20 minutes and say, I was in a hurry, but I want the cake to be just right. It's a flop. It's gooey. <laughs> we don't want it. Hallelujah. So uh, Christians that think they're in faith, but they're not in faith, have just failed to, to put, put their faith to the test. Does not doubt in his heart. Well, doubt's a natural thing. Doubt is an immature faith thing. It's being formed up. It's, uh, it's, uh, you, you don't give your six-year-old a shotgun and say, go out and get us some birds for supper. You know, we just don't do that because it's an immature, it's, a, it's, it's too young, it's undeveloped. Well, that's what we have to do is develop our faith. It doesn't matter how long you've been in church. You could be in church 40 years. I believe that. And, and have undeveloped faith. But on the other hand, you could be after it. We're after it. So you could be you could you could look at this and start working on it right away and say, I believe that. And if I want what that says I can have, I'm going to have to do what that says I should do. And so we get on it and we develop our faith and we get in faith. And suddenly we see mountains start to move. Little mountains. We tell a story about Mark Razee trying to get in faith about it. And so he he spoke. Uh, he, he was uh, in Bible school. So he said, I'm going to I'm going to test my faith. So he, he, he spoke to socks. He said, God, I believe I receive a pair of socks coming in the mail. I'm not telling anybody. And I've never got a pair of socks, but I, I moved the mountain. It's little faith, but I'm going to exercise my little faith. Well, you know the story. Socks came in. Well, it's kind of hard to stop anybody that wants socks come in. And nobody helped. Nobody was no cheating on the test. You're like, you're in. If I, if I can get socks, what, what can I not get? And that's what happens. So you can't just start out with, with huge mountain faith. You've got to start out with socks. You've got to stop with, start out with uh, not looking at the traffic light, but being a distance off, especially if you're trying to get on 69 from, from where I live, you got lots of time to say, when, when I pull up, the light will be what? You say, the light will be green. And then as you roll in from a distance, it's green. That's a notch in your belt. You go, I got that. If I got that, I might can move on to something else. And you start developing your faith and seeing what you have and start developing. So if I believe, if we believe, we believe those things which we say shall come to pass. We have a conviction about them. We're unmovable. Let's say that together. Unmovable. Now that's, that's what the God kind of faith is. It's not, it's not hard, but it's, 
exact and it's demanding. You have to meet the one condition of this thing called the God kind of faith. And if you don't, there's no condemnation, but you just don't have the God kind of faith and you don't have it. So uh, what if we were to take some examples and say, uh, I, I'm in faith and I'm going to pay my rent on time this month. This is the, you might say, this is the third of the month, and by the end of the month, I hadn't always been making it, but by the end of the month, the 31st, I pay my rent on time. And I believe I receive when I pray. Um, or we could say, I wrote this one down, I have a job that meets my needs, has good hours, and is off on Sunday. That's a pretty good mouthful if you don't, if you're working the weekends and whatever, and maybe you don't care. A lot of people don't care. Let them work Sunday. So you say, I believe I receive when I pray. Then the third one I said is, I believe I receive a, excuse me, a brand new, never lived in before house. I'm going to buy me a home and I'm going to buy me a house that's never been lived in. Now, it doesn't make it better, doesn't make it, it's just something that you develop and say, I want that. Let's read verse 24. He said, therefore, I say unto you, what things soever ye desire, when ye pray, believe that ye receive them, and ye shall have them. Believe that ye receive them by the eye of faith. You, you, you receive them because you see them. And you see them moving from some realm out here into your life. And so you say, I pay my rent on time this month. You don't know for sure you have a conviction or a preference, but you're, you're, you're confessing the word. You're inspiring your faith by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And you, you have a job. I say, I believe I'm getting a new job. And this new job has got some conditions, not just money. I, I have one that works with my hours, uh, child care or how far it is from town or, or going to church. I believe I receive a job under those conditions. Or thirdly, I believe I live in a brand new, never lived in before house. So how's that go? Because it sounds like faith. All of those sound like faith. And you could say just because I spoke to the mountain, I'm in faith. But it could be that it doesn't turn out that way. For instance, you could say, am I in faith? Am I in conviction? This is the way it is. It won't be different than this. I have that. Or it could be a preference that I'm shooting at it. You know, like we always say, shoot for the stars and land on the moon. That's a, that's a popular uh, cultural saying. And so you have to find out what you really believe. So suppose at the end of the month, a coat that you desperately need. It's January and it's colder than snot. So you, you want that coat and it's on sale. And so you go down and buy that coat and it throws you short on your rent, but you got it on the 5th of February. You got your rent and you take it in there and the landlord said, that's fine. It doesn't matter. You needed a coat. What is that? Is that faith? Is that conviction? Or is that preference? Now, based on how it turned out, Listen, listen, this is it. Based on how it turned out, you would say that was faith because it turned out all right. But it's contrary to the conditions of 
does not doubt in his heart, but believe those things which he saith shall come to pass, he shall have the exact, specific, and detailed things which he saith. And then you'd say, what things soever you desire when you pray. So whatever you prayed when you desired it, you set, you set, I set the conditions. I didn't say, God, if you knew better or worse, I'm good with it. I just need a new house. I just need a new job. That's all fine. Set that out in believe when you pray, believe you receive them. But once you set the parameters and say, I have a, I pay my rent at the end of the month, but then we decide, we decide that's not really important. Close enough is close enough. I'm going to get my coat and then pay my rent on the fifth. Sounds like faith, but I submit to you, it's not faith. It's a Christianese faith. It's a close enough or it's a, I, I put it up to God and he decided but actually, I went out and bought the coat when I had a conviction that says, we're paying the rent. We're paying the rent. And you, there's a way that you can pay the rent and have the coat. But you've got to get in faith about that one, too, don't you? So what if you, uh, you got offered a job, number two, you got offered a job. Um, you got offered a job, but it doesn't have Sundays off. It's more money. And it's better. It helps. And so you would say, listen, I can watch church online. What's the big deal? Be there online. It's whatever. And this is a better job than I had. But specifically, you and I would say, I said I have a job that has Sundays off and it works in my schedule. So we negotiate. We negotiate with our faith not realizing that exactly as we said it is the contract that we signed. We signed it in these terms. You know, if you bought a house and you signed a contract and then they showed up and said, well, we gave, we gave the back part of your backyard to the neighbors over here because they got barking dogs or something. You'd go, that's contrary to the contract. I'm not putting up with it. Well, that's what our faith does. Suppose that... Um, uh, Money gets a little tight, which it sure can. And so you're holding out for a never lived in before house. But here comes a bargain. Here is a deal. Actually, it's the house we like and it's cheaper or it's closer or something. And so we move into that house. Did we get it by faith? We did not. You go, it's close enough. It's close enough. Well, sure. Live your whole life close enough, but it'll always just be a little off. It won't be on. Keith Moore says if it's not quite, it's not right. So the reason Christians, the reason all of us do not get faith results, the mountain moves and is cast into the sea, is because we didn't believe me. I didn't believe me. I signed a contract. But when they changed the wording in it, I said, okay, instead of holding out, instead of pressing in, instead of not being dissuaded, I had a conviction versus a preference. So the goal is not, it turns out right. The goal is, did I determine the terms of the contract? And they were met exactly. Because once you get that paid, never, never lived in before house, which doesn't matter. 
Anybody would say, I like that one better, and it's this, that, and the other. That's not the point, is it? The point is, I'm just using an example, but there's a gazillion of them. And you could say, no, I'm, I, either I was, I'm going to negate that faith and say I'm not in faith about that, and I'm going to start over, but you couldn't say I got what I believe for. So, so is this picky? I'm sure it is. But if you want to live in the God kind of faith, which is the good faith, you got to be picky. Because any usurper, any counterfeit, anybody that wants to, to just play church can get close enough. We can all get close enough. We've all, we're masters at it, actually, of just getting close enough. We've all done it a gazillion times, and we've never been called out for it because we usually got something close to what we wanted, which was better than what we had. So we go, ah, this is better than what I had. I, I'm going to settle for that. But if you want to go into the kingdom that is beyond settling, going into a, like we heard this morning, a life and death situation where not only could you lose your life, but it would cause great collateral damage across a long sphere of, of life. We got we to do it. What things you desire, what things soever you desire when you pray, believe that ye receive them. Here it is. And ye shall have them. So are we willing to wait? There's that time lapse. Oh, people, we all hate the time lapse. It's like, I want it and I want it now. And uh, so we have to change. We have to change. So I'm in verse 24. Let's read it again. I know over and over. This is all the verses I have. What things soever ye desire when ye pray. So there's a signing of the contract right there. You know, we understand contracts for a car or a house or whatever. We understand uh, business contracts. So this is like a contract. So what are, you, what are you willing to sign? Well, if you go to buy a house, you better believe that you have the money to make the payment. It's real embarrassing when they have to kick you out because you didn't make the payment. Uh, the Lord Jesus said, no, nobody goes at war against another army that doesn't first measure what he's got, that he can meet that army. Well, so you got to measure your faith. And how you measure it is, is does not doubt in his heart. How do we do that? Wendy, hand me a book, would you please? Just take a book there and hand me. So Wendy's going to hand me this book. It's hers. It's in her hand. I'm here and I am taking the book. So she's let go of it. She's given it to me. And so I go ahead. That's good. Thank you. She gave it to me. There was a time between when she had it and I had it. She I was receiving it when she extended her hand to me. I was in the process of receiving it. But then it was something called a transaction. As soon as she let go of it and acknowledged that I had it, that it was mine, I was not receiving it. I had received it. And now it's mine. I possess it. So it's not a process of people waiting on the manifestation. Are you, are you healed? Yeah, I'm just waiting on the manifestation. Well, you both got your hands on the book and she's not letting go and I can't pull it out of her. And so this thing is just a, a standoff. We're just both standing there. So what's happening? She gave it to me. 
and I received it. So now I have received it. See, I've got the book. It's mine. Nobody's trying to take it back. It's mine. So what, what is that? That is the word for faith. Faith is the word for a past action. Faith is the Bible word for something that has happened. It is not the word for something that is happening or will happen. It's a past tense word. When you buy something, you buy a car, you're in the process, you negotiate, you work it back and forth, you're buying it. What are you doing, Jack? Well, I'm buying a car. I've got to go back down and meet with them this afternoon. I'm buying a car. But when you drive off and you've got the paperwork, taking it to your house, putting it in your garage, you could say, I bought it. I bought it is the word for I have done it. It's a past tense transaction. So we're not in faith until we have it. Shall believe that those things which he saith shall come to pass. He shall have what things soever he saith. What things soever ye desire when you pray, believe that ye receive them and ye shall have them. So I have the book. I have healing. Well, how are you feeling? I'm healed. Well, what's the doctor say? I'm healed. Well, your mother said that, that Uncle Jack died of that stuff you've got. What, what, what do you think about that? I am healed. It's a past tense. It's of I have it. It's already done. I took it and now I've got it. So here's the key. If you don't have it now, you don't have it. If you're getting it or believing for it or I'm taking it, you're in a marvelous place. It's a good place, but it's called a process. Faith is a transaction. It happened. It happened. Say it with me. It happened. So faith is not trusting God that it's going to turn out for you. That's not faith. That's hope. Based on experience, based on the word, you, you hope things will turn out, but you don't really know. There's doubt in your heart. It's a preference. Uh, faith is not believing this is God's will. God wills it. This is God's will for me to be this or have that. And I'm believing for God's will. That's not faith, is it? <clears throat> faith is not uh, believing that God always has got the best for me and he'll do it this time. That's not faith. It's a marvelous thing and it's a, it's a very optimistic and a very uh, a heavenward uh, uh, opinion of God, but it's not faith. And, uh, and having a track record. Every time I believe God for something, it always happens. So it's going to happen again. That's optimism. That's, but it's not faith. So I, I put down in 2 Corinthians 8, 9, the word says, for you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for your sakes he became poor. Why? That ye through his poverty might be made rich, might be made rich. Well, when did Jesus become poor? Well, it was a long time ago. It was on the cross. He became poor on the cross. Therefore, there's nothing. Then he came down from the cross, laid in the tomb, was resurrected three days later, and he's alive. So when did I become rich? At the cross. It happened. 
It's not like, well, Jesus is getting up a, he's getting up a group to go up, up on the cross again. Uh, he's waiting until there's 50 people so he doesn't have to go up there so much. No, it happened. Um, by his stripes, ye were healed. Until it's a transaction, until it's something that's happened and that we have already received it and we have it. I have it. I have it. It's not faith. Therefore, when it doesn't happen, we tend to be disappointed because we said I was close, close enough that it shouldn't matter. God's a God of mercy. He's a good God. He knows I tried. He knows I got close. All these things. Jesus said, you didn't put the sugar in the cake and you didn't cook it 20, 22 minutes. It's a sorry little punk that you pulled out of the oven. It's not going to please anybody. You go, oh, well, Lord, I just was getting close. And we know those. We've all had mothers that we ate their stuff that was just like that. At least I have anyway. I love you, Mom, but it wasn't always just right. <laughs> My mother was the one that if there was four boxes of cereal, cold cereal in the cabinet, and she needed room for something. We had one full box by the end of the morning. <laughs> and I mean, that may sound logical, like it's all going to the same place, but I, Cheerios and Rice Krispies aren't that good together, I can tell you. So let's get in faith this year. How are you going to do that? You got to refresh your faith by hearing and hearing by the word. It's not going to be like hearing this message. Wow, that inspired me. I'm in faith. No, you're not. I mean, if you weren't, you're not, because this did not inspire faith. This inspired us to get in faith, to enter the process of faith. And the process is, I have the God kind of faith in me. I'm going to grow it. I'm going to get it strong enough, big enough, able enough to move the mountain that I'm facing. I want it out of the way. If I don't know anything about healing, I'm going to study that. But more than that, family, now this is, this is where I differ from just about everybody. Rather than just listening to healing scriptures, which are powerful and good, listening to prosperity scriptures, he became poor that I through his poverty might be made rich. We need to start pointing to who we are in Christ. In other words, we need to be qualified. We believe the truth of what he did, but do we believe, believe the truth about what he did for me? Who am I? I'm not only qualified to receive, I'm first in line. He's been holding it out special just for me. He's before the foundation of the world. He saw my name, made, made me an appointed one and said, I want that boy to be rich. I want him to fund my kingdom. I want him to this and I want him to that. So the grace of God is there. So I have to believe that I'm qualified because some days I don't feel too qualified. Some days I don't feel like mountain moving faith. It's like you get emotions, you get hormones, you get. You get uh, things coming in and you go, I don't know if I can move it. Well, that's just not truth. Truth is I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I, that's the truth. Feelings is not the truth. What other people have said, my experience is not the truth. But I have to get in there and I have to renew my mind. I've got to say, here's who I am. I'm the head, not the tail. He always causes me to triumph in him. Always, always always causes me to triumph. Greater is he that is in me. I'm always winning. Everything I do, I win. If I bake the cake by the recipe, it's going to be one that they want seconds for me. And that's how it is. 
So let's get in faith in 22. Let's spend time in the Word, not just talking about Leviticus and Deuteronomy. and <laughs> Stay out of those books for a while. Get in the epistles. Get in Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians. Get in Romans. Get in the book of Acts. Find out who you are, who the Lord Jesus made you when he gave his life. Everything as he is, so are we in this world. Everything he was, he transferred to you and me. Everything on the cross was transferred. His righteousness was transferred, his wealth, his well-being, his favor, his faith. Everything that he was, in the same measure that he was, was transferred to you. If you don't believe that or if you're going, I don't know if that's exactly right, then you just got to go read the word. You got to go meditate the word. You got to find out what's truth for you so that when you go to the mountain, you do not doubt in your heart. Not just that the mountain will move, but that you have authority over the mountain. Mountain, I'm here in the name of Jesus and I'm speaking to you and this is how it'll be and it won't be different. And I believe those things which I say come to pass. I have. I have. It is absolutely truth. It's a verily, verily, I have whatever things I say. And then you can just be happy because it's coming your way. Amen. I want to get in faith in 22. How much faith? All I can stand. I want to go as fast as I can. So that's why Paul said, leave those weights and sins behind. It's not that sin that's bothering God. It's that it's in the way of us getting in faith to move the mountain. We're not what we should be when we're being what we shouldn't be. So it's not really, well, I did this and I did that. Well, you shouldn't, but it's, it, it took the place of righteousness and no condemnation when you go to move the mountain. Because the devils say, what are you doing in front of this mountain? You are a sorry little booger. I know what you did and you know what you did and probably other people know what you did. You're not moving no mountain. We all have heard that voice in some form. We've all heard it, the disqualifier. So amen. Let's do it. Let's do it in 22. Praise God. It's a great year, but every year is a great year in the Lord. It's what we do with the great year. Amen. Let's, let's come to church ready to prophesy every service. That we, we don't just say, do I have my purse and do I have my billfold and do I have my my ink pen when we get in the car to come to church. But if we just say, Lord, you got anything that you want to say through me today? Ah, he doesn't get asked that question very often. I just imagine he'd say yes. And after he said yes, he'd tell us what it was. And then you just wait. You just wait for the door to open. Lord, do you want me to call the gold out in anybody? This service. He said, yeah, I'm, I'm thinking Jonathan needs some gold called out. You know, the, the mining equation is that it takes uh, a, a ton of dirt to usually to mine about three ounces of gold. So it's easy for us to call out the dirt in people. There's a lot of dirt. So you got to look. You got you to pull back some dirt and look in and say, I see the gold. Let's talk about the gold. And that's what we all need. We all need to be exhorted to love and good works. So as we purpose to do what the Bible says will work, it'll work. So I'm, I'm really excited about this year. I believe that we will do it. 
in, in, in a, not that I talk about size, but in a smaller group, whatever that is, well, we only, we only have 10,000 in this church. Well, you know, it's relative to 100,000. Dr. Cho's church was 780,000. I read it the other day. He's still, he's still got three quarters of a million people. That's something that's natural. You can, we can't even get our head around that in America, even with churches, the second largest churches in Alabama, and it's 56,000. And you go, that's nothing compared to... But anyway, we have a lot of opportunity here to grow, to mature, and to become experts, professionals in the kingdom, as it were. I don't like that word, but, but to, be, to, to listen. We ought to be listening. I hope you're listening to your DHT. You ought to be listening to it. You go, I've already finished it. Yeah, but that's two, two years ago. You might want to go again. All of Curry Blake's stuff is worthy. All of it. I've looked at all of it. I've, I've weighed every bit of it. And I find nothing there that's not powerful. And so we ought to build ourselves up. It's, I, I'm listening to Debbie's teachings. And I, it's just like stuff that I'd forgotten about. Things that I heard then. Things I know. But they're back here in this part of the knower. Bring them to the front and say, yeah, that's, that's right. Things can slip. Do you all know things can slip? So it's just like, like we're all looking for new revelation. Sometimes we're just looking for what we always had to get it renewed. So I bless you in the name of Jesus. I, I release you to have a healthy and vigorous and a well-being week this week and this month. That your worst day for this year is behind you. And you'll never have a day like that again. That you are healed, whole, and healthy. You are full, supplied, and wealthy. And the promises of God are driving, are pursuing us and, and taking us over. We are promise keepers. We keep the promises of God. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, God bless you. Thank you so much for taking the effort, whatever that took to get here this morning. You really made it special.